I'm Theo. And I'm Juliet. And this is Apologies Accepted. We offer an entertaining look at some of the big issues in history by examining public apologies of the famous and infamous. We're looking at politicians, serial killers, actors, and you. Send us a public apology you would like to make, and we'll read it on the air and give you a chance to redeem yourself, or just get some guilt off your shoulders. We're here for you. Once a week, maybe more if you're really, really sorry. Accepted the podcast. the podcast, and I'm not Theo. I am not Juliet, and we are talking about UFOs, which is very Yay! exciting. Um, yeah, I'm so excited to be have to have this topic. Um, we actually have a theme for the next two weeks um, uh, and the next two stories, which we'll discuss over two episodes. So, um, uh, one thing in common between these two stories is that no actual apology occurred, but in one, an apology was requested. And in another, an apology is implied. So um, we have an excuse to be talking about UFOs. Totally. <laughs> this is just, we want to talk about UFOs. These presented right. us. And we're going to make it fit right. into our theme <laughs> if it kills us. <laughs> so before we get into that, Theo, how's your week been? What's up? My week, it was filled with kindness from strangers, which is totally weird. Oh my gosh. I know, right? Like, what? What the fuck happened? In Austin? I'm kidding. Well, yeah, especially in Austin. <laughs> So I was, I had to get a thing for the house. I can't remember what it was. And it involved me going to Lowe's, uh, Mm -hmm. not a commercial for Lowe's because I I was walking, they're awful. I was walking, actually Lowe's is fine. Hammers, who cares? So um, walking around and I saw this woman without a mask and it's goofy in Austin because, you know, there's a mask mandate in place and I'm going to say a good 20% of people just no mask, whatever they want. Right. And Okay. And no, no, you could just say shop owner, shopkeeper. So 1500s. No, um, <laughs> the store, I mean, whatever, right? Nobody's like getting thrown out. Fine. Yeah. So this woman without a mask walks by me pushing a big cart full of whatever it was. And I was thinking as I saw her, oh, what a horrible person. I can't believe. And I'm back to wishing everybody without a mask would just like die of COVID. Serve you gotcha. right. You know, sure. So that that angers back. You're <laughs> cooking up something that's going to make me sick. Yeah. Um, and we got into that little lockstep thing where, like, oh, I can't get past her. She can't. Every I go to the left. Yeah. She goes to the left, right. And then she flashed me the biggest smile, and and she just was such a happy person. And I instantly wow. felt shitty for having wished death upon her. And so <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm sorry. She was like. No, it's my fault. And then she blew me a kiss, right? Which, of course, COVID and death. She's spreading COVID all over you. But she meant it in a really sweet way. I'm going to kill you with <laughs> kindness. No, she just At least you were killed by a nice lady. Blew me a I kiss. Guess. And sort I haven't been nice. blown a kiss and I don't even know Ever. where. So yeah. fast forward a couple of days and I was making a right-hand turn onto his little tiny street. And I uh-huh. wasn't... My eyes just didn't see the car coming Mm -hmm. because it was Mm -hmm. traveling so slowly. I thought Mm -hmm. it was parked, but (laughs) no, it was a woman who must have been 185 years old and two feet tall behind the wheel, right? Um, And so I stopped my car because she had right away and stopped. And then she did a little hand gesture to like wave me forward. Go ahead, go ahead. 
And uh-huh. I waved at her and I was like, no, no, you go, you go, right? And so she went uh-huh. real inch by inch over uh-huh. the minutes. Yeah. And as she evened up with my car, she blew me a kiss, but behind wow. glass windows, right? Wow. So are people getting kinder? Is this a thing? Is are it people a blowing thing? kisses? Is it on TikTok? Now? I just What's get a lot on? better looking in the last week. <laughs> Anyway, so I'm going to say my week was uh, surprised by random acts of um, blowing kisses, and I don't know where it's coming from. Yeah. And how about you? Any old ladies blow you a kiss? No, I haven't been outside the house, um, so nobody's going to blow me a kiss, except maybe Brent, which would be weird. Um, (laughs) 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 I'm imagining that now, and it's making me laugh. Um, No, I came back from Arizona last week, which you guys know, there was something I was going to tell you about, uh, but I don't remember what it is. Maybe it'll come up in the course of the the episode, but I haven't really done anything. Um, I'm going to, that's what it was, I'm going to... um, Monte Rio next weekend for the weekend, uh, which is up in the Gurney near Gurnville, oh, so okay. in the Russian River area. So um, up, we're going up there to spread Brent's mother's ashes is one one reason we're going, and also to get out of the house and go somewhere else. Oh, are you taking the cats with you as well? The cats' ashes. Oh, the cat's ashes. I was like, we don't have any cats anymore. Well, I don't know. And I, I mean, I think you mentioned that last time and I hadn't really thought about it. And then I didn't think about it anymore after that. So I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe that would, that would be a good thing to do with them as opposed to like keeping them in the house for the rest of my life. Um, so I'll definitely think about that. It's, um, yeah, ashes and, and what? ceremonies around them like what do you do how do you do it too yeah what should we do how should we do it what should we i was just thinking we'd go out in the forest and dump them on the ground but i mean i suppose we should have some sort of ceremony or something that would be nicer wouldn't it i think it's just whatever you want to do um with my aunt uh, Jill, what he wants to do yeah the, you know the the big thing was the where where we were doing it was what was special so we didn't have yeah. to we didn't have to we didn't say any words or i think you know she when we were done she said something like, I love you, you know, out loud. And she wasn't talking to me. Um, <laughs> Who is this? Your cousin? Uh, uh, yeah, it was my cousin's ashes. And um, I would say, sorry, everybody. This will probably, um, it's not a trigger thing, but. Um, it's word, a little bit of a downer, but that's okay. Word of warning about one of the realities of cremains. I hate that word, yeah. but I'll use it. Um Sometimes there are identifiable pieces in the powder. So it's a lot of very fine powder and sand, but there can be uh, fragments. And yeah, yeah. so uh, that's that's always the bit where it's like, oh, well, I I say like I've done it more than once, you know? (laughs) (laughs) No, all of my ex-husbands have been cremated. Before no, the but I tried. <laughs> <laughs> right. All, All right. right. Cool. Let's so get on with it. That's my plan for next weekend. So we'll have to talk about rescheduling the podcast, by the way. Um, but that will do that off the air. Um, oh, let's and, do it on uh, the air. <laughs> that would be fascinating for everyone who's listening um okay so uh of our next two stories which are ufo related which i'm totally excited about um for the first story we have a former navy pilot whose name is kevin day and he has requested a public apology from the u.s department of defense because he was mocked for years after reporting ufo sightings in 2004 
So what happened? On about November 10th, 2004, Kevin Day, who was a radar operator um, stationed on the USS Princeton, which was a guided missile cruiser in the Nimitz group, reported seeing odd and slow-moving objects flying in groups of 5 to 10 off of San Clemente Island, which is west of the San Diego coast. The um, clusters of objects were at an elevation of 28,000 feet and moving at about 140 miles per hour, so they were too high to be birds and too slow to be conventional aircraft, and they were not traveling on any established flight path according to Kevin Day. These sightings occurred over about a week, so they were seen more than once over, over about that one week period. And during that week, um, a gentleman called David Fravor, who was commanding officer of the Black Aces, which sounds really cool, and the pilot, uh, Lieutenant Commander Amy Dietrich, also reported seeing what Fravor called a, quote, white tic-tac-looking object the size of an F-A-18 with no wings, markings, or exhaust plumes that, when approached, quote, turned abruptly and started mimicking me. Eventually, he told 60 Minutes, it simply disappeared. So according to Drive.com, which is interesting, Drive.com has a whole section on UFOs and UFO sightings and research into UFOs and some technical information about um, looking into UFOs, which is really interesting because Drive.com is like an automotive website which you would guess from the name Drive.com. So it's all about cars and like new cars and old cars and whatever about cars, you, whatever you'd want to know about cars. And they also have this UFO thing, which I think is really cool. But I guess it's sort of mechanical engineering type uh, stuff. It sounds like uh, just a giant excuse to have UFOs on their <laughs> website. And maybe there's some SEO, you know, organic yeah. search Pick up, they get additional traffic, like or like uh, somebody on the board is just interested. I mean, the only thing I could, the only crossover is like that classic UFO story where the UFO hovers over a car and then the car dies. Oh, uh, yeah, why I and how? Talk about that. I'll have to look into that. I'm totally interested. Okay, so anyway. Um, According to Drive.com, the Nimitz Carrier Strike Group wasn't just equipped with some of the most advanced sensors the world had to offer, but it also had, hands down, the most advanced networking and computer processing capability of any such system. Uh, the integrated air defense system architecture was called Cooperative Engagement Capability, and it was just being brought out um, for the first time aboard the Nimitz and the rest of the flotilla. In other words, the, quote, tic-tac-looking objects, unquote, were viewed and recorded by the very best real-world world sensors in restricted airspace. So these objects were viewed, like I said, in restricted airspace near San Clemente Island, and San Clemente Island is a massive military installation that has a bombing range, radar and telemetry support infrastructure, a huge airfield, and more, including a sprawling special operations training area on its northern tip. You look and, like you want to say something. Well, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> um, I, didn't, I didn't notice that this was the first time that equipment had ever been used. So that mm -hmm. actually, as a as a semi skeptic, an amateur skeptic, um, well, I, I presents see where a you're going. little thing for me. Like, okay. And there was a guy on board who was a technician who was the, uh, and I, I don't have his name. I don't remember which guy he was. But there's a set, a, a group of like five guys that have have been interviewed for this article in Drive.com in the Washington Post, um, and one of them was the like best technician for this mm -hmm. particular system so yes you'd think that there may be maybe some bugs left in it, it since it was the first time it was out but the guy who would be able to repair those bugs was there 
Well, sure. And the only other thing that gives me pause as a Mm -hmm. professional believer, amateur skeptic, professional believer, (laughs) is um, the pilots reported uh, visual with their own eyes. So it's one thing to have a blip on your radar, um, particularly if you're using new equipment, new software, new anything. Right. Even if it's just like it's the first day of the week. All right. Well, that's probably uh, (laughs) you guys. Uh, but the fact that humans, uh, professional pilots who know what birds look like, weather balloons look like, things like that. Um, okay. All right. Um, back on the believer side. Okay. 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 I gotcha. I'm with you. Didn't take much. Um, <laughs> and what makes this extra interesting to me, what, what sort of... Um, pushes my uh, skeptic, not skeptic, skeptical, pushes my conspiracy theory buttons, is that um, in an interview on the Fighter Pilot podcast, which I've got to find and download and listen to, because doesn't that sound like fun? No. <laughs> <laughs> I think it sounds like fun. Um, Commander David Fravor told fellow retired FA-18 pilot and host Vincent Aiello that the squadron's videotapes of the Tic Tac intercept had mysteriously vanished. Fravor says he believes it's likely the tapes were accidentally recorded over, but according to a non- an anonymous Anonymous witness interviewed by Popular Mechanics, quote, what really made this incident alarming was when a Black Hawk helicopter landed on our ship and took all our information from the top secret rooms. We were all pretty shocked, and it was an unspoken rule not to talk about it because we had secret clearances and didn't want to jeopardize our careers, unquote. This story was actually corroborated by several sailors who were present on the USS Princeton. I, I believe it. I have no reason not to believe it. So I think that's fascinating. Um, and I think we'll come back to that in, in a little bit. But a video of the Tic Tac incident was released in December 2017 by an organization called To the Stars Academy of Arts and Science, which is a UFO think tank founded by, this is ridiculous, founded by former Blink-182 frontman Tom DeLong and the New York Times. Right? Yeah, and that's always the problem. I'll say always. Always the problem with UFO anything, Right. You right. just go one second into UFO right. and suddenly right. it's like some random weird thing. Some, some crazy you know, thing. <laughs> there's, um, there's a thing on the internet. Okay. So I was yeah. reading an article um, and I, and, and it was in, sorry, where's my tongue? I'm so excited. Okay. So Kevin Day, the radar operator on the Princeton who is asking for an apology. Uh, He posted on Facebook, hey, I'm really, his thing, which we'll get to, you know, where he's asking for an apology, right? Like, I've been saying this thing happened all these years, and everybody called me crazy, and now the government's come out and is validating what I've been saying, and and it's really impacted my career, and I'm angry, and I'm owed an apology. Okay, cool. And so scrolling through his comments, I got three comments in before I tripped over. Oh, now you know what all of us abductees have been experiencing for years. Oh the ridicule is real. And that got me thinking about this thing called uh, Goodwin's Law, which is... Godwin's Law. Godwin's Law, thank you. Uh, which is that uh, thing that any internet conversation, any online chat that goes between two people, that goes on long enough will eventually mention Nazis or Adolf Hitler, right? Right. And so, sure, totally that makes sense. At some point, someone else is going to call someone a Nazi. Right. Um, 
you can't go five seconds into a UFO conversation without yeah. the crazies. It's just all right That's there. why I love it. It's so good. It's so great. That's so why I love it too. Because it's mixed in with stuff that's real. That's the thing. It's like picking out what's real and what's not is is just fascinating to me. Well, and then I'm going to say like my level of crazy, it, I mean, it's probably a low bar. So like, you know, oh, abduction. Sure. Why not? Right. You were abducted. Right. Mm. Right. Oh, right. you, but maybe abduction <laughs> happened. But why you? you? Yeah. I don't You're know. just a guy who lives in the fields. Why were you abducted? Yeah, the fields. Um, the fields. <laughs> That's why he's abducted. They're like, why is this guy I mean, living in the field? He was just out there in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but anyway, asking I, to be abducted. Yeah. More, more thoughts on so, that. But yeah, but yeah, so there is just this this level of crazy that you hit. So talk about crazy. Okay, there's two things I want to say. Um, okay. And A is, um, in this podcast, we use the term crazy a lot. And that's probably problematic because there are people who are um, who have mental illness who don't appreciate being called crazy. And they're, I don't, I'm not sure how to navigate this discussion mm. because we're using it in the traditional old-fashioned way, which is problematic. Um, on the other hand, I mean, I have a mental illness, at least one, probably all of them. And I think that gives me a right to use the term, but maybe it doesn't. I don't know. What do you think? Um, okay. So I, I wouldn't say that I have a mental illness, but I for sure have a touch of OCD. I don't need medication uh -huh. for it. Um, but, and is it problematic? No, it's not problematic, but does it cause me to do stupid things that look ridiculous? Yeah, for sure. Right. Um, and cool. I will say, I think there's a difference between using the word crazy to describe a situation or a set of beliefs and then a person or a person's perception of reality. So, yeah, I don't think that people who have mental illness are crazy. And I would say mm -hmm. that would be a very horrible word to, to levy at anybody, right? Right. But I do say that... A group of people who believe that when they were 14 years old, they were sent to Mars to undergo a psychic training course with is the U.S. Real? government and aliens. That scenario is crazy, right? Is that a real scenario? Uh, yeah, I forget the guy's name. I'd have to I'd have to Google oh, it. I better look That's that up. So I can't believe hard. I haven't heard of that. Oh, oh God! There's a whole thing. This guy wrote a book about how really? he was a he was a kid and his dad was a government. Thing and yeah. he got uh, it time traveled to some. I don't know if it was the future, but it was another planet, and he had a whole life there. Uh, it became an adult and like learned how to blow things up with his mind. I I don't know because you know is this a book or is this a true story? Well, it can't be a true story because <laughs> the guy traveled in time to the future Mars. And worked with like the aliens and the U.S. government, and then you don't know that's not true. And then he well, and so and then he time travels around <laughs> time in human history, right? And okay, he goes okay. to like Nazi Germany, and oh, and there's a wow. photograph of him in the crowd with, at Abraham Lincoln's speech, right? Oh my God, Where he's the one face that's turned around to look at the camera. I think this is the same guy, right? Uh -huh. um, and uh, oh, sure, okay. Fine. No, no, you didn't. 
<laughs> no, you didn't. Uh, I'm going to look this up as soon as we're done with our podcast. But you were saying that um, the term crazy is okay to use um, when you're talking about situations and not people. Correct. And I think that the people who are object to the term would like us to use a different word, like wild, I think is the suggestion. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's um, fair. I, I'm I'm okay using crazy because I think I have a right to it, but um, maybe I don't, and maybe we should say wild. But I don't know. But let, let's let's table this for let's put a pin in this discussion for later. Okay, uh, but you know what? I like that. I think it's fair. Um, okay. What uh, what my favorite murder did for sex workers in the term yeah. sex workers versus prostitute or hooker? Yeah. Um, we could do for crazy. We could. We could. We could. We could so, start calling things wild. Fair enough. It's I, harder to say wild than crazy. Well, there's other words other than crazy. So Nuts. Um, <laughs> woo-woo is one that my grandfather would have used, but I don't yeah. want to say that. Um, yeah. But yeah, okay, let's see. Let's see. But right. yeah, for sure, you know, we're, th- we're using the word crazy uh, to describe situations. We don't mean to people. denigrate any people. By our use of the term crazy. Unless so, um, they're Nazis. Um, unless they're Nazis. Of course, they deserve more than denigration. They deserve ostracization and destruction. But um, And destruction. Thing, and destruction. <laughs> <laughs> they do. The other thing I wanted to say was going back to the, to the STARS Academy of Arts and Sciences. So although this is a UFO think tank founded by former... Blink-182 frontman Tom DeLong or Lawrence, which is wild. pronounce it, which is wild. Um, it is also led by former high-ranking government officials. So one of the people that was involved in this organization was Luis, and I got his name lower down. Elizondo. I forget his last name. Yeah, Elizondo. And he was the guy who ran, well, we'll get to all this later, but th- there are a lot of important government officials who are involved in this project. Um, so who are which, getting paid ridiculous amounts of money. To, who are probably getting paid a lot there. of money. Yeah, they. Yeah. I mean, they are. They're. They're not there voluntarily, right? But they are happy to be there publicly. Well, yeah, I, they're not well. being forced to be there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. I think money forces a lot of people to do things. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Um, so yes, they they are there being paid. They're, they're being paid, but yes. uh, you know, uh, of course, they're being paid. Well, no, I mean, you could have, like, a band of brothers of truth who get together and, like... You mean we're volunteers? Gonna, yeah, well, volunteers, I suppose sure. you can. <laughs> I like band of brothers of truth better. But I'm thinking of it as more their their post-employment consulting work, which is normal and Ooh, healthy and good. But. All the corporate speak. Um, <laughs> okay. So, anyway. Um, so, the government had, had actually released a report on UFO sightings in June of this year, 2021, which is just before and probably the, the driving force behind Kevin Day's request for an apology. And this report was by the Office of the Director of National Intelligence and said that of the total of 143 UFO sightings since 2004 that cannot be explained, there were 21 reports of what they're now calling UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, related to 18 reported events that were beyond the known technological capabilities of America. So what they're saying is that there are 21 events that happened um, between 2004 and when the report came out in June. There were 18 reported events that we could not explain. Um, 
get based on the existing technology um, that the United States has. It could be another country's technology. It could be aliens, although they never mention aliens in the report. Um, it, we just don't know what it is. And after this report was released, Kevin Day posted a bunch of times on Facebook. His first post said, I simply do not have words for the vindication I now feel. I was laughed at, mocked, and talked about behind closed doors within the Department of Defense whenever I tried to describe what we had seen off SoCal in 2004. The price I paid personally might have been high, but knowing what I know now would likely do it all over again. And then, uh, the next day on June 27th, he said... From 2004 until 2009, when I walked away from the Department of Defense out of frustration, I had tried in vain to get somebody, anybody, to listen to me. I've lost my place. Here it is. Yet, every time I tried to describe what we had witnessed out in SoCal during Tic Tac, I was openly laughed at, made the butt of jokes, and once even asked by my then-boss just what the fuck I had been smoking. At the time, my concern was purely safety of flight because of objects that I knew to be real and inexplicable were in our training areas, the very reason I had received permission from Captain Smith to intercept them in the first place. Sociocultural stigmas about UFOs did indeed prevent me from making the case at the time. The stigmas also cost me a second career in DOD, at the least. I paid a very high price personally, and I hold the Navy DOD directly responsible for their complete and utter malfeasance and gross dereliction of duty, which indeed did nearly result in air-to-air -air mishaps with unknown objects and Navy aircraft in the years that followed. I also hold Navy DOD directly responsible for what I and others went through as a result of trying to uphold our own duty and simply do the job the American people paid and expected us to do. I and others deserve a formal public apology and a redress for the costs I slash we paid, question mark. I don't know why you put a question mark there. You shouldn't have. Yeah, but, um, all right, cool. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, right? And... It's the release of the film where it's where it's like, yeah, buddy, yeah, I'm with you. I would feel very much the see same way. The object? Did you watch it? Of course, yeah, I watched it. Like <laughs> the minute I, it hit the news, I was like, oh, oh let, did you? Wow, I'll be the judge of this. I'll determine if it's a <laughs> UFO or not. How dare you, people? And so, um, yeah, it was very cool, right? Yeah, it, yeah. And in the way of all UFO videos. Uh, it was the best I've ever seen. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it's very clear. Yeah. Yes, very clear um, and cool uh, and and solid, but real mm -hmm. authentic, right? Um, authentic. Authentic. But mm -hmm. also, in the way of all UFO, it just didn't give me enough. It was frustratingly small um, and short video clip, right? Yeah, and, you want them to zoom in and show you the object. Well, right. I want to see happy aliens waving from windows. But <laughs> aside from that, I also want to see, I'll use the word ship, but I don't know. I want to see the object mm -hmm. in relation to things I know the size of. So it would have been very helpful for me if the object was like over a forest or, but right, it's just, it's a thing else. in this, it was some clouds, right? Right. And we all know clouds can be like five miles long. I don't Clouds know can be any size. Be. Yeah, all sizes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how long a cloud is, but um, yeah, it's just it's hard to say. Like, huh? It did have the uh, air quotes around classic. It did have the classic sort of saucer shape. They used yeah, the word tic tac, yeah, sort of, but yeah. the video, Oblong. yeah, looked like very conventional children's drawing of a, a flying saucer. 
It's just pretty amazing that um, maybe it's a sociological thing that people keep seeing saucers, flying saucers, UFOs of the same sort of size. I don't know. Or maybe it's just like a visual thing. I don't know. Anyway, so um, the government UFO report addressed what it described as sociocultural stigmas in the report. Um, I did say that. Uh, In the armed forces and intelligence community surrounding the reporting of UFOs. It said... Although the effects of these stigmas have lessened as senior members of the scientific, policy, military, and intelligence communities engage on the topic seriously in public, reputational risk may keep many observers silent, duh, complicating scientific pursuit of the topic. And former fighter pilot Alex Dietrich, who I mentioned earlier, um, she was on a training mission when she spotted the tic-tac-shaped orb in 2004, has since said that she wants to normalize the UFO debate by talking about her experience. And she told Reuters that she hopes people will talk about sightings without the fear of being ridiculed or mocked. She said, folks might be concerned about their careers or their church or something like that. They don't want to be the kooky UFO person, so I guess I'm trying to normalize it by talking about it. Hey, that's something we could say instead of crazy. We could say kooky. Okay, um, yeah, kooky. <laughs> I'm I mean, not we'll, it seriously. <laughs> we'll find the word. We'll find the word. Um, okay. I, I think it's fair whenever anybody presents a logical objection to the use of a word to yeah, really to think about it. it. Yeah, yeah, more than like, is that all you have to complain about? But instead, like, <laughs> you might have a point. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so in the government report, they didn't identify any of the previously seen UFOs as alien spacecraft, of course. Um, the report only admitted that the government could not identify the source of the sightings or what those UFOs actually were. One official said, we, tend, we continue to put a lot of effort and energy into tracking these types of developments, and we watch that very carefully. Nothing in this data set clearly points us into that direction, that is to say, the direction that the UFOs are alien spacecraft. A guy named Gregory Monahan of Minnesota gave a great quote saying, I expected no less. It is a shambolic waste of taxpayer money. We all know life beyond Earth exists. Why not just tell us the truth that other beings have found our planet? I have no doubt they are living among us now. Right. And so, um, perhaps, I mean, what do I know? Yeah. Maybe they are. Maybe they're not. I, who knows, right? Um, the thing that really uh, strikes me is there's this, and I'll use the, the term God of the Gap, uh, which is yeah. used in science a lot for when when something happens and we can't explain it, we say, ah, God, so how did life start? Well, there's ideas, we can't prove it. So therefore that gap in knowledge of how did life start? Here we are, we're alive. Uh, oh, God, right? Mm-hmm. And so same thing with UFOs. There's a camp that wants them to be just objects that do weird things. And then the minute you say, oh, there's an object that doesn't obey the, I was going to say disobeys the laws of physics. And yeah. Yeah. No, it doesn't obey the law of <laughs> physics. It's not uh-huh. dis- whatever. Um, and th- we go from object to alien in 10 seconds, right? It doesn't right. have to be an alien. It right. could be some kind of space rock that we don't know about. It could be anything. It could be anything. It could right. be a cloud. It could be a solid cloud that Moving. moves really quickly yeah. and, and <laughs> kidnaps people radar. in their sleep. Yes. <laughs> so yeah, so it's so we've got um, you know, we've got these pilots who all saw something with their eyes and saw something on their radar and had a shared experience at the same time. Well, experience, I'm gonna use that word 
who all saw a thing at the same time, right? And they are very clearly not saying the word aliens. They're just saying object we don't know about. And then other people are coming in and saying those objects are flown by people that aren't human. In early 2019, um, the U.S. Navy changed its reporting rules and its procedures for when its personnel observed a UFO or USO. Or USO meaning unidentified submerged object, which is a new term to me, but kind of cool. Oh, yeah. I don't don't know if there are a lot of USOs, but now I've got a whole field to look into. There's a whole thing uh, about how the Navy is oversaw Project Blue Book, I think. And, okay. and I forget, maybe the Navy hadn't been created yet. But anyway, there's, there's a whole conspiracy theory around, huh, a lot of these UFO uh, government divisions fall under the purview of the Navy. And it's because of USOs. It's because... What? So supposedly, uh, aliens live in our oceans... Which okay. sort of you could say makes sense since humans aren't oh, there. Oh, I see. Right? I see. Gotcha. And so the Navy has a lot of run-ins with a lot of flying saucers, right? USOs and then the flying UFOs. saucers, because reality doesn't mean anything to them. They can live in the water and they can be in the sky, um, go from the water to the sky. The question that we're trying to address here is... Um, how can you scientifically study unidentified blank objects if when people see them they are ridicul- they are ridiculed and mocked so the US Navy is now drafting guidelines for pilots and other personnel to report encounters with unidentified craft, um, which is a significant new step in creating a formal process to collect and analyze unexplained sightings and destigmatize them. This is in response to a series of sightings of unknown, highly advanced aircraft intruding on Navy strike groups and other sensitive military formations and facilities, the service says. Chris Mellon, a former Pentagon intelligence official and ex-staffer on the Senate Intelligence Committee, said establishing a more formal means of reporting what the military now calls unexplained aerial phenomena rather than unidentified flying objects would be a sea change. Right now, he said, we have a situation in which UFOs and UAPs are treated as anomalies to be ignored rather than anomalies to be explored. We have systems that exclude that information and dump it. So, what I've read is that the um, the armed forces have been, I don't know if it's explicitly or, or implicitly instructed to ignore any UFOs. You just If you see something on your radar, don't save the information, just get rid of it. Pretend it never happened. It creates um, a lot of paperwork. Right. I bet it would. But now um, they're, they want you to save that information and forward it to whomever, I don't know, some organization perhaps or some, some component of the Tom armed DeLong. forces. Tom DeLong. <laughs> See, yeah, I'm making sense. fun of it. I shouldn't do that because I'm <laughs> I'm creating the issue that these pilots and, and military people. Yeah, you're making exactly. fun of them. Shame and on you. I'm not. I just it's a cheap joke, and I always grab the low hanging fruit. <laughs> oh, I hate that term. <laughs> I know, and I don't mean a gay guy who's just swinging from the monkey bars. I don't mean that either. I'm. <laughs> <never mind. laughs> Anyway, so this 
development um, around dealing with UFOs or UAPs or whatever you want to call them comes amid growing interest from members of Congress following revelations by Politico and the New York Times in late 2017 that the Pentagon established a dedicated office inside the Defense Intelligence Agency to study UAPs at the urging of several senators who secretly set aside appropriations for the effort. effort. The office spent about $25 million conducting technical studies and, and, and <laughs> evaluating numerous unexplained incursions, including one that lasted several days involving the U.S. Nimitz Carrier Strike Group in 2004. So the Washington Post did their own follow-up to Politico's story, stating, Recently, unidentified aircraft have entered military-designated airspace as often as multiple times per month, according to Joseph Gratisher, spokesman for the Office of the Deputy Chief of Naval Operations for Information Warfare. Well, these people have really long titles. Um, and the drive.com says, and this is an interesting paragraph, the main revelation is that technology exists that is capable of performing flying maneuvers that shatter our perceptions of propulsion, flight controls, material science, and even physics. Let me underline this again for you. The Nimitz encounter with the Tic Tac proved that exotic technology that is widely thought of as the domain of science fiction actually exists. It is real. It isn't the result of altered perception, someone's lucid dream, a stray weather balloon, or swamp gas. Someone or something has crossed the technical Rubicon and has obtained what some would call the holy grail of aerospace engineering. End. End. <laughs> I don't know if I believe that. I mean, it could be anything, right? I mean, there, well, there, there must be alternate... Um, explanations then that we have this exotic technology or that China has this exotic technology. I don't know what those explanations would be. Maybe we don't have them, but it certainly doesn't prove that UFOs, ex- I mean, that, that alien aliens spacecraft exist. Right. And, yeah. right. and now we, here we are, we are facing the gap and, and our answer is this is where it stops, right? Because this is ob- objectional. That's not... I'm not objecting to the truth. Yes, thank you. This is is truth. This is what we can see, right? Um, And then we can speculate and presume whatever we want. So this is really interesting information, and and I I wish that I had another three weeks to look into all of this and and research everything, and maybe I will in my own time because I've got nothing else to do. Oh, same. I'm totally fascinated. And and we should because there is, um, we do know that the government intentionally created a program of disinformation and intentionally okay cool yes uh, but, but it's d- next week decided to paint people who paint people as kooky yeah. who yeah. saw or reported yeah. uh flying saucers and there's one guy named richard doty who is a former special agent of the air force office of special investigations afosi for those of you who like initials um, who worked as a counterintelligence and disinformation agent to discredit UFO researchers. And famously, uh, uh, there's a guy named Paul Benowitz, who was, a, I don't know if he was a hobbyist engineer, but Paul Benowitz lived very close to a military base uh-huh. Uh-huh. and saw things in the sky and may have had some um, issues with paranoia. Um, who who can say? Okay. But Paul Benowitz accidentally tripped over some uh, top secret communication from the base between pilots who were uh, test flying a drone, 
right? So this was new technology that nobody was supposed to know about. And, and he sort of like got that. And he was going out to the UFO community saying like, here's, the, here's what I've heard and here's what I've seen, right? And so Richard Doty on purpose recruited this guy fed him a lot of bullshit about, uh, oh, there are aliens. And if you take this piece of equipment and yeah. you attach it to yours, you'll be able to decode the alien oh, language wow. and you'll oh, know wow. what they're saying. And so Paul Benowitz was on, there are different perspectives on this. I'll use the more inflammatory perspective, which is on purpose driven crazy by uh by the U.S. by an agent of the U.S. Of government, US government, right? So all of the him. stuff that he had released about the drone yes, would fall right. into the camp of kooky craziness, right? right? Yeah, it's hard for me not to. Well, I'm liking kooky. I'm I'm working. Okay. That's, it's going okay. there. It's going there. Okay. Um, and Paul Benowitz's family put him in a um, what's the word? Uh, an asylum, and. He committed suicide. Oh, that's so sad. Yes. And I can't find out, because I only spent about five minutes Googling, I can't find out how he died, because I was looking for the classic, he fell out a window. Right. Um, But it doesn't say, it just says that he committed suicide inside the institution. Um, Yeah. And so does the U.S. government on purpose, try and discredit people. Seemingly so, according to Richard Doty, who is a disinformation agent, and everything that he says should be taken with a giant grain of salt because he's he's an avowed and he's known, and the the government's been like, yeah, he worked for us. Yeah, that was his title. Yeah, he's a a real U.S. government employee. Um, Whether what he's saying is true or completely lies, is is he kooky? I can't say. so, and we'll have more on the disinformation stuff next yes, week, which exactly. I'm really that's, excited about getting, that's getting where, to. That's where we're going. There was a whole program, and that's one example of the yeah. fact that there is a there was a program. Um, it's nice to see the military moving away from uh, Making that people sort of kill thinking. Themselves. Yeah, well, you know, at least They're opening the door for people to report. Now. Yeah. Okay. You, be um, careful, because we could become targets. <laughs> our little podcast yes i'm sure it will uh so let's talk about the apology so um there was no apology um the government the government should should the government apologize to kevin day and to those who saw the tic tac phenomenon and who were mocked relentlessly and probably called kooky um by the u.s government and many others um should there be an apology in my opinion absolutely so I am a little divided on that point, okay? okay. Um, I do think that there should be an apology. It wasn't the U.S. government that was laughing and calling Kevin Day kooky, right? It was people around him. So the people around him, he's been vindicated. Um, maybe the release of the video is a form of apology. And so you've had your apology because... The video is out there. Now there's proof that what you saw and what you experienced happened. Not proof that it's aliens, but proof that yeah. this event happened, right? Right. So um, I do think that the government should come out and say, hey, uh, sorry. But then at the same time, and this is this is where it gets complicated because it's I, 
as we all know, I hate rah, 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 America, 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 right? That knee-jerk patriotism always triggers me. Um, however, there is this idea that I will present that the government is trying to take care of the, for the good of the people, right? And so information isn't released for the good of the people. And so when you sign up for the military, you sign up to believe that the government is doing things for the good of the people. I'm not saying that it does, because all sure. of a sudden I'm remembering everything. It's horrible, right? Oh, yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, the argument that I'm building, it starts to collapse. But it's kind of like, well, there are secrets and the government keeps them and you work for the government, even even in the military. So uh, that's just part of the job. You have to accept it. So no, you're not owed an apology by the U.S. government because the role that you play within the organization says you're, you're never going to get an apology. Um, I see what you're saying. Yeah, I, I mean, it, that there, if, if easy you're, to push back on that. If you're a radar operator or whatever the hell he was, and you see weird things on the radar in the course of your job, um, you need to report that to your superiors or right. wherever it's supposed to be reported to. I mean, you're, that's doing your job. And then to be ridiculed for that is bad. Is bad. Opinion. And so yeah. his boss owes him an apology who was like, what the yes. fuck are you smoking, right? I mean, um, the U.S. government is people. Yeah. So those people should apologize, in yeah. my opinion. So but I see your point. I, right. And so it's not so much that I'm divided. I do feel like, yeah, he is definitely owed an apology, but I also can see where a defense attorney could build an argument pretty readily for it's never going to happen. And it's never going to come. Right. Oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I'm sure you're right. There's probably not going to be an apology. Well, no, I mean, and will there let's say that there is uh, disclosure. Right. Yeah. Do you know Stephen yeah. Greer? Sounds familiar. The guy that's like all about disclosure. Well, maybe not. Stephen Greer uh, was, oh, he's still alive, but was a uh, ER physician, uh, okay. medical doctor, right? Who yeah. specialized in trauma and whatever, however, he got interested in UFOs. And he's one of those people who. Stephen took, Allen Greer? I, I mean, Is how that many, who he was? Am I thinking of someone else? Anyway, go ahead. Okay, well, I mean, so big UFO guy, right? Okay. But he he takes, a, well, for a while there anyway, because I think now he's gone a little into the kooky. Um, uh-huh. But earlier, his whole mission was, let's look at this scientifically. Let's bring in um, government employees like right. with, with big titles, generals and majors, right? Who yeah. have experience and knowledge with these programs and let them talk right and so uh he he being stephen greer has has put forward this idea that the government is getting ready to disclose that there are aliens and they are here right right and that that's a very slow long process it's not going to happen uh, right you know in a single day but that it's imminent and that, that's right. what these things, like the release of these videos. Exactly. The, and the reports. You know, by the Nazis. No, by the name and name. Nazis. It started with an N and an A. Oh, my God. And it ends in kind of an okay, E sound. Um, Same thing. Yeah. So basically, it's a, depending on the time of day you want to talk to me, it uh, can be the same thing. I, <laughs> right. I have my issues with the government. Um, 
And yeah. so, so yeah, yeah, you know, um, disclosure's imminent. It's going to happen any minute now. But now also he's into like close encounters of the fifth kind, which gets into like spiritual stuff and, you know. What's the fifth kind? Do you know? I don't remember, but it's, it's okay. above the third kind. I'm going to look it up because so, there's a way we could find out. There is a way we could find. Well, if you pay $250, you can attend one of his seminars to discuss I've close encounters of the fifth kind. So close encounters of the first kind is seeing an object. Close encounters of the second kind is trace evidence or physical evidence of the presence of an object. So that's like depressions in the ground or a broken tree branch that's radioactive. And then of the third kind, uh, and I believe that was supposed to be like the last one, was uh, contact, right? But then the fourth kind becomes abduction and the fifth kind, I don't know, is it merger or hybrids? I'm getting there. Okay, let's see. The fourth kind involves a person being taken and experimented on inside the alien craft. The fifth kind involves direct communication between aliens and humans. Well, wouldn't that happen during when somebody's got a probe in your nose, <laughs> let's say, right? Wouldn't there be some communication? Yeah. I mean, that feel like, you know. Not necessarily. You could be, you could be drugged the whole time. Mm. Okay, all right. Yep, okay, you're there. Uh, so fifth kind would be like, uh, open dialogue. Hi, uh, my name is Joe. My name is Zerblot. Zerblot. <laughs> I was going to say Weasel Zapper, so. That's good, too. They're both good. <laughs> That's our official new jobs. We give names to aliens, to aliens. when they emigrate okay. to the U.S. We'll be I like the it. Ellis Island of space yeah that's right <laughs> we'll totally screw up their names and make everyone's name spelled differently we'll give everyone the same, the name. same name that's right herman 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 one herman two herman three <laughs> <laughs> or like george foreman name everyone george um yeah yeah the thing about this subject which uh fascinates me is is kind of overall right um, mm-hmm. UFOs as as a subject as a whole uh, because I like to as somebody who studied literature right you look at the writings of the 16th century and then you'll say like oh what was going on culturally to produce these types of works right yes. why why yes. did these works become popular um, and then how were they viewed in the 17th century, in the 18th century, in the 19th century, right? Right, and, right. And why were people in the 90s or the 2000s obsessed with zombie movies? And why were people obsessed with vampire yeah, movies and whatever like, year that was? Like, yeah, exactly. like trends, right? And so this would yeah. be how do cultures interpret um, story? And so we'll go back to like the first UFO sighting, um, which... I can't do because they they happened in the Renaissance. There's supposedly a UFO thing in the Bible, right? But our modern day air quotes around that UFO um, beliefs sort of start in 1947, I think, with Kenneth Arnold. Let me get the yeah. So mm-hmm. it was uh, in June of 1947, an airplane mm-hmm. pilot flying over Mount Rainier in Washington State saw nine objects in the sky and he used the term um he said something like they they skipped they traveled through the air like saucers skipping over water right right who skips saucers on water but okay people who can't get a hold of rocks 
Yes. I guess. We could have had unidentified flying rocks. <laughs> oh, that's, <or> well, <laughs> going to be the Space case rocks. when they catch one of these. Oh, it's just a rock. Wah, wah. Um, but anyway, so he gave birth, or the media gave birth to the term of flying saucer. And, mm-hmm. of course, that happens in the 40s. It's post-war, so people are just a little skittish about, air, still very skittish about aerial attack, right? Um, yep. And let's not forget that Hiroshima and Nagasaki had happened. And so that was the dawning of the nuclear age, which also gave a uh, new fear. And that was the fear of the end of the world by mankind, right? So, yes. so you've got flying saucers. There are these things that are seen in the sky in the 1940s. I don't know that anybody said they were alien. I need to do a little bit more uh, background on that. But um, you have the Roswell crash, which happens in the 1940s. Forget what year that was. Um, and that was like a big deal for about 12 hours. And then it died pretty quickly when the government came out and said, oh, we said that we found a flying saucer or a flying disc. But no, actually, it turns out to be a weather balloon. We were wrong. Right. Um, and people believed the government in the 40s. It was just the government said this. This is true. And so Roswell kind of died and didn't resurge again. Well, there wasn't a resurgence of it until the 1980s. Um, So moving on from that, uh, then in sort of the 50s to the 70s, we have Space Brothers. So there's aliens that are coming out of flying saucers, and they're spreading the message of peace and love, which is really just anti-war sentiment. Um, And I'm not knocking anti-war sentiment because, you know, hi, peace and love. But UFOs go from... This thing that's involved with the government, and we're not sure what they are, uh, sort of uh, echoes of fear of invasion, to, oh, they're here to save us, and they're full of love. And then we move into the 80s, and Whitley Stryber, who releases a book called Communion, um, which uh, when I first—I worked in a bookstore, and when I first saw that book cover— Fucking nightmares. Scared you. Oh. That's right. I could. It was spooky. It was very spooky, and I could not walk by it. Like, I would <laughs> I would go 10 extra feet out of my way. I, it, it was, I hated it, right? Um, but in the 80s, we've got this abduction starts, you know, the abduction thing starts coming, right? And this, for me, speaks to saving of humanity by technology, Right. This idea of, um, oh, humans need to be uh, our precious resource and need to be mined and and saved, right? Um, This also happens around the same time as a satanic panic. And so we've got children that are being abducted by satanic cults, right, And, and sexually abused and murdered and all kinds of bad devil things. And then we have adults who are being kidnapped by aliens and experimented upon and having their seed, if you will, harvested. Um, but the thing that I tripped over, and sorry, this um, was going to be like my great build to these big points. So I'm going to go backwards here in time. Um, the first human abduction well, that still kind of works because we talked about Willie Stryber and, and abduction. Sorry, everybody. I'm working this out of my brain as I talk. Um, is Betty and Barney Hill. And yes. everybody, is her, I'll say everybody, everybody has a relative from the 1600s, of course. But also, everybody's heard <laughs> of Betty and Barney Hill. Betty and Barney Hill. And so, 
if you haven't, because we do have listeners who are 13 years old. Ooh, yeah, okay. I know. That's you shouldn't be listening to problem. us. Go do something childlike. Go do something productive. <laughs> so everybody this who's is not a podcast for under 18. Older than 13, you are doing something productive by listening to us. Um, 18. Eight, oh, yeah. I guess I don't mind if a 15-year-old listens to it. Who cares? Uh, legally 18. Legally 18. <laughs> yes. And only. Okay, good. Yes. Okay. So Betty and Barney Hills in the 1960s. And they were the first people to report an alien abduction. And um, coincidentally, they were an interracially married couple. Now, in the 19... 19- oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So uh, Betty was a social worker and Anglo-European white. And then Barney uh-huh. was... Um, they, they'll they say like postal worker, but he was like a post office manager. I don't think he, okay. I mean, you know, he had like. He didn't deliver the mail. Yeah. He may have done that upon occasion, but I think yeah, also he was in job. a managerial position. Um, Got it. So two very solid salt of the earth, non-exciting people, right? Other than the fact that they're interracially married in an era when that didn't happen. So um, in the 1960 census, uh, there were 51,000 interracially married couples, right? Um, out of like, oh, I don't even know how many millions of married couples were there in America. I did a search for that and I saw 1.6 and that was just that 1.6 million people registered to be married in 1960. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. Right. So cool. So this flying saucer happens to just pick up the only interracial married couple in the Northeast, I don't know if they were the yeah. only, but I mean, the odds are pretty high, right? And the aliens are curious about the differences between Betty and Barney, and that's why they're studying oh them. And one of the things that really trips them up is the difference in skin color and the fact that Barney's wearing dentures and his teeth come out, right? And fair enough. They're aliens. Who knows what they know, right? Um and I don't say that in a, in a dismissive way. I just say that in a, they're aliens. I can't possibly reason out uh, how they were thinking, okay? Or how they think. So cool. So the aliens are very focused on Betty and Barney as human beings. And what are the differences between these human beings, right? You've got two people who are living under probably an inordinate amount of stress being an interracially married couple in an era when it was illegal mm-hmm. in 31 states for people of different mm-hmm. races to marry. So mm-hmm. uh, that's that's a lot of pressure to live with. And here they get picked up by something that's not human, and that experience highlights that Betty and Barney are both human beings, right? Yes. And so the race doesn't matter is the message that okay. Betty and Barney are sending through their story to the culture I see. At, at broad, at large. Um, and so... For me, I'm like, oh, I really, I love the Betty and Barney Hill story. I think it's so awesome. It's the first recorded abduction in America. Mm-hmm. Um, they're fascinating people in and of themselves. I believe that that was their experience, mm-hmm. whether or not that actually happened, whether or not, because it was no, all sorry, uncovered yeah. under hypnosis. So maybe right. their hypnotist led them down this pathway. There, I mean, there, there's a bunch of stuff where, where it could happen, but I don't think they were intentionally committing, creating a hoax, right? Yeah. Because they didn't need extra attention because they had enough right. of it when they walked down the street together, 
So I think that uh, what's interesting for me out of this UFO, out of this one particular UFO story is that it serves a function that uh, the culture needs, which is, oh, hey, there's white people and black people, but we're all human beings. And how we know we're all human beings is we can contrast our humanness against these alien beings that come along to study us, right? We're not the others. We, the interracially married couple, the others are the aliens. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but I'll go with mm-hmm. it. I, I actually think it's real solid. And I, because, you know, <laughs> I came up with it. Uh, and I'm sure I'm not the only person to have, have thought, oh, it's interesting yeah, that an interracially married couple discovers theory. some non human beings. And that in their story, it highlights the fact that they're both human. And they were studied, and the alien yeah. said, mm-hmm, you're both human. Okay. Yep. So, so there we go. So I think that UFOs, UFO stories, I'll say, not UFOs, serve a serve a cultural purpose, like all stories. That's implying that they don't exist. Um, that well, that we, UFOs are not actual things that people. Well, see. I would I would say in the same way that literature uh, serves that same function. So these these UFOs become stories as they. Are retold, right? You, you read them, um, and so I think in that way, and it's it, two things are two things can be true at the same time. So it's entirely possible that UFOs are real. I mean, I'll say I believe in them. Sure, why not? Right? Uh-huh. But uh, that great family quote: "You can believe in anything you want to until it costs you money." So guys, <laughs> don't come at me and ask me to join your UFO club for fifty bucks because I'm not gonna. Um, yeah. yeah, so I'll stop there because I'm I'm havering. That's a good Scottish word. <laughs> Make the fucking point. All right, so I get your point. We could argue about it, but Ooh. we don't need to. Um, I- <laughs> we'll say that for episode two. Yeah, we'll say that for episode two. So how about who's sorry now? Do you have a who's sorry now? Oh, I don't. Ing, I, you're going to have to go first. Um, okay, I'll go first. I'll talk about mine. So mine is small, but sort of interesting, at least to me. Um, so the place where I stay in um, Arizona, where I just came back from, is very close to the border um, of Mexico. And on the way to it, Uh, from Phoenix, you have to drive through the Barry Goldwater Air Force Range, which I don't know what they do there, but they do a lot of flying stuff. Um, And they fly things every so often when I'm down there, I'll hear a sonic boom. So they're obviously breaking the sound barrier on some of their flights and it's an Air Force Range. So they're probably testing or flying aircraft, right? So um, next week, we're going to talk about Fife Symington and the Phoenix Lights which have been blamed uh, to some extent on um, events happening at the Barry Goldwater Range. And um, obviously things happen there that have been unexplained. And one time, um, so before um, before I lived, lived, whatever, stayed in the house in, in uh, Arizona, my parents would stay in the house in Arizona and they would drive down from, from Phoenix and my father would go back and forth every so often. And one time he says he saw a UFO at night um, at, on the Barry Goldwater Range. And I wish I had more to tell you about the UFO that he saw because he refused to tell us what he saw. Wow. And I know. And he, he went to his death 
without telling anyone, as far as I know, exactly what he saw. But I would ask him every so often, and he would just shake his head. And he owes me an apology for not telling me what he saw on the very Goldwater Range that night, um, because I think it would have been a great story. But why wouldn't he tell anyone? Well, so when he said that, oh, now I realize he didn't tell you a lot, so I'm going to start asking you questions <laughs> right. and just make up the answers. You ask all you want. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. <laughs> you can fill in the gaps with alien anything, and I'll, I will yeah. believe, right? He was abducted. That's why he won't tell anyone, because he was abducted and he doesn't possible. want to seem crazy or kooky. It's entirely possible. But so it's entirely possible. When he says he saw, when he said that he saw a UFO on the base, on the ground or over the base? In the air? I assume in the air, but he really didn't say anything about it. And, you know, it came up, I think, in the in the context of, like, we used to listen to Art Bell. All okay. of us, not together, but, like, separately or whatever. Oh, that'd uh, be like, so that great if you and your dad huddled <laughs> together around, around the radio. radio. <laughs> listening to Art Bell. <laughs> no, we lived in different sides of the country, but um, but we would listen to Art Bell, and we would talk about it, and, you know, we would he would get radios that worked in Arizona that would bring in stations that he could listen to Art Bell on at, you know, different times of the night and stuff like that. So anyway, um, the, it was in context of Art Bell that we talked about the thing that he saw in, um, in the Arizona desert. And I asked him, you know, have you ever seen anything, um, anything, any UFOs or anything? And he said, yes. And then he refused to elaborate, which I think was completely unfair. You don't tell someone you saw a UFO and then refuse to tell them about it. I mean, you've already, you've already admitted that you're kooky, right? You saw a UFO. I mean, theoretically. Yeah. So, so why not just go go all out and and tell them about the abduction and the anal probe? <laughs> the <other thing> that <laughs> happened. <laughs> go all in. That's what I say. I say so too. Yeah. I mean, the minute you say like, "Hey, I saw," tell me everything. It's a good thing, right? Uh, tell me every every moment. Did you lose time? I mean, I think I got the impression that he lost time, but I mean that was just an impression that I got, and and I just I just want to know, but no no one knows. That is so. really. Really frustrating. Um, yeah. And like, I'm not above getting a Ouija board and contacting people. Oh, let's do it. What? Oh, oh, let's do it. Hard that. to do over Can Zoom. Can we do it over Zoom? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe okay. next time we're together, we'll buy a Ouija board and we'll, we'll try and talk to my dad about what happened in the Arizona desert. Perfect. And I owe my mom a call too, so we could hit okay. two birds with one Ouija board. Although. Perfect. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not troubled by Ouija boards. Fine, whatever, who cares? Uh, but yeah. it's what do you do with them when you're done? Because I don't think you can Just throw, throw a Ouija away. board away. Of course, no. You can. That's how you invite the devil into your house. So you basically have to throw like, it away in someone else's trash. No, no. I think you have to donate it to the Goodwill <laughs> or whatever. Um, oh, okay. So we'll have to shoplift one too because you're not allowed to buy them. There's a whole like thing about Ouija boards. I'll. Is it like You'll learn. Um, I'll teach you. Um, dream catchers? You can't you can't buy your own. Someone else has to give you one or whatever. Ooh, I forgot I do that about dream catchers. Um, yeah, no. Well, they're cultural appropriation, and we're not allowed to have them now. So uh, it's fine. My dreams are. I don't need to catch them. Um, it's not worth it. Okay, so who's sorry now? Did anybody frustrate you by refusing to tell you something? No, I well, kind of like okay, this sort of. I'll just say my family. In real broad strokes, it needs to be sorry about everything all the time, and they're not. But I found out recently that uh, I have three gay older relatives, 
And oh wow, I knew I thought that they yeah. were gay, right? Yeah. And uh, it was confirmed to me not too long ago by a family relative member. Are they gay together? No, no, because that's incest. <laughs> but well, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know who they are. Maybe they're not related. The middle of the woods. Possible that you. desperation drove them, but I I don't <laughs> like to think so. Um, okay. But anyway, yeah. So so I had these uh, three relatives, and I kind of suspected. Um, and whatever, right? Cause you know, also like they lived to be late eighties and, yeah. and, uh, fine, whatever. Sure. So what am I saying? I'm saying that then fast forward, like, I don't know, 20 years and I was talking with a family relative and I just mentioned, uh, these three and I was like, you know, and I, I kind of think they're gay and like, oh yeah, of course they were gay. You're <laughs> My grandparents well, yeah. drove to my grandmother's sister's house yeah. unannounced one Sunday, and they uh-huh. caught her. Oh, delecti, delecti and fragra. What's that? And flagrante delicto. Thank you. So delicious when you say it. Um, oh my goodness! They caught her in bed with her female roommate. Um, oh my gosh. The days and the time well, where you just, just open in. the door was perfectly Holy shit. well. To lock your door would mean that you were doing something you didn't want people to know about. It, so wow. anyway, I'm just going to say my family owes me an apology because they've known that they could have told you when it meant they something told to me you. When I told them I was gay, like when I was exactly. 18, and said, "Hey, I've oh, got you're news not the for only you. one in the family. So and so and so and so and so and so are all gay." Yeah, no, what I got was, "Don't tell your grandparents." It will send them to their That's graves. Horrible. And I was like, Who did you tell? Everybody. Oh, okay. Well, I say, except your I say everybody. Yeah, everybody except my grandparents because I didn't want to be okay. responsible for killing them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so in that way of, of government conspiracies, if I look at my family yeah. as a government, then yeah, hey, I'm owed an apology. Kevin Day, I yeah. take back that thing I said about you signed up for the Air Force, and so you sort of have to, like, just um, suck it. Yeah. I mean, let's leave aside the fact that all these people are in the military killing people and that they signed up to kill people and that this is abhorrent. Let's not talk about that. Let's talk about fun UFOs. Oh, okay. Because now I'm like, signed up to... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you do. Yeah. yeah that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, totally do. That's why you're there. So that's the apology I'm owed. I don't, weirdly, every subject in the world relates to me except for UFOs. My granddad saw it's one. It's really convenient for the podcast. I know. Your granddad saw a UFO? My granddad saw a UFO, but he talked about it. I think you should have brought this up before. Well, it's kind of a nothing story. What did he see? He was outside of his home and yeah. uh, they live sort of, not sort of, they live in the mountains in with a lot of forest around them. And so he saw a light in the sky above the tree line and the light did weird things and then just went, flew up straight into the sky and disappeared. And that's the extent of his story. But I don't know when he saw, like, I know it was night, but I don't know when he saw that. Oh, I'm glad I said night because final thing, um, a little bit of lazy writing on God's part this week again (laughs) with Uh Kevin Day. Bringing things into daylight. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was a bit of a stretch, but I like lazy writing now, so I'm looking for it harder. That's pretty good. We have something in every podcast now, which is interesting. Yes. Better be. All right. We'll talk more next week about UFOs, which I'm totally excited, and I, I, I intend to spend a lot of time looking into UFOs. Watch me not do any research between now and next week, but um, I love the topic, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, me too, and I'm going to drive James crazy because I have to watch this UFO documentary. It's show prep. We'll watch the, did you say Kevin Greer or David Greer or whatever his name was had one? Oh, he does. It's for me, it's unwatchable. I have a friend who highly oh, okay. recommended it and it's one of those, oh, yeah. it's a self-produced documentary. All right, cool. Good for you. Great. It's one of those documentaries that like you sit through it and it opens and you watch the opening and then all of a sudden you're watching another opening. It has three yeah. openings that take too 45 much. minutes to get through. Way too much. How long is right. the documentary? Oh, it's like three hours. Oh, God. Right. Oh, forget And, it. I hate to say it, it's a bunch of old white guys behind microphones talking about their experiences and what they have I'm seen. I'm so sick of white guys. And we've seen that and heard that. But they're talking about UFOs, yeah. so, you know, I would say All give right. it a watch. It's... It's interesting. I'll look into it. But um, I I got through 45 minutes, and after the third opening, I was like, <laughs> I, I'm done. Enough. Enough. Okay, you Stop. like to do openings. <laughs> got it. <laughs> All right. Anything else, Theo, before we Not take off? Not a damn thing. So to speak. Oh, All right, before we take off. <laughs> Talk to y'all later. See you next week. Bye. Bye, everyone. to Apologies Accepted, the podcast. You can find links to the articles and the sources in the show notes. To submit an apology or find out more, visit us at ApologiesAccepted.net, where you can also find our merchandise. We're on Twitter at Apologies Accepted. And on Instagram at Apologies.Accepted. You can support our important work at Patreon forward slash Apologies Accepted. And fuck Facebook. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>